there's multiple places that have joined this collaborative effort to make therapy, you know, to make these therapies a reality. And I think that's really what's really exciting about the scientific, you know, community. You know, is that you know they're able to kind of come together and make these therapies, you know, a powerful option for patients in the future. Yeah. This is the James Cancer Free World podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and my guest is Dr. Richard Wu, an MD and PhD. Richard is a medical oncologist. He specializes in skin cancer and melanomas and the early development of new drugs to treat these very common forms of cancer. And, and that's our topic today, a, a very new and promising treatment. It's called tumor infiltrating lymphocytes or TIL. And it's a treatment that's, that's so new, I really couldn't find very much information on it as I prepared to, to talk to Richard. So um, I'm very curious and excited to learn all about TIL and the impact it's going to have for cancer patients. Welcome to the podcast, Richard. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, before we jump into TIL, I'm always curious, what was your motivation? What drove you to become a MD and PhD and specialize in oncology and and skin cancer and melanoma. As I was growing up, you know, I, you know, I started to kind of see that some of my family members were, uh, you know, suffer, you know, from, from, from cancer. And, 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 and some of them really suffered toward, uh, toward the end. And uh, I remember one of my aunt, you know, was, a, uh, was uh, you know, was treated for like, uh, I think it was for cervical cancer and it was advanced and, um, and she participated in a clinical trial at MD Anderson at the time, but she didn't, you know, but the therapy didn't work out for her. Um, so, um, you know, so I think seeing how much that they suffer, you know, I, you know, that, that really motivated me to, to research, to find new ways to, of, of tackling this, this terrible, you know, um, uh, afflictions. Well, I was going to say, I, you're far from the first doctor I've talked to who a situation in their own family. Yeah. So, um, so when I first, um, you know, joined the, um, the NDPH program, which uh, which was done at, um, at one of the top tier cancer center in the nation, which is MD Anderson Cancer Center. That was a time when when immunotherapy actually wasn't popular at all. Um, at you know at the time there was uh, there were there were a a, a couple of biotech companies that had developed uh, pseudo cancer vaccines, and uh, at the time there was a lot of hype, of, you know that that maybe cancer vaccines will be able to, you know, cure cancer. But then, um, but then most of these uh, vac cancer vaccine trials sort of flopped. So at the time, you know, people really weren't interested in cancer immuno, you know, uh, immunotherapy. And, uh, and for me, you know, I sort of took a leap of faith. Um, I thought that this idea of, um, of, of using your own immune system to attack cancer, you know, seems like very, seems a like very interesting idea. Okay. So let's now jump in. We've got your background and, and your motivation and, and how and why you got here. And so let's talk about should I call it TIL? Is that the accepted name now? Yes. Um, so the um, so the full name is actually called the adopted T cell therapy uh, using TIL. Uh, okay. That's really the way I would I would describe it. Um, yes. Well, let's start with that that with that word lymphocyte because that seems mm -hmm. to be the most important word, and I know a little about them. But let's start with that. What are they? And I know they're part of the immune system, so what role do they play and what exactly do you do to them in the, in the till procedure? Yes. So I like to kind of think in terms of, um, you know, uh, like a common scenario that say if someone gets like a flu vaccine, you know, get, get, get a flu vaccine, right. I mean, how does it, uh, you know, how does the flu vaccine work? Because, you know, um, 
by sort of knowing how that works, then, then we get an insight into how the immune system sort of help us, you know, um, develop a response to future infections. Um, so, so, so what flu vaccine is, is essentially a, um, a um, um, protein that's taken, uh, that's, a, that's a fragment of the uh, flu virus. And um, so, so, when, so when a patient gets a flu vaccine, um, what happens is that, that your immune system sort of takes up that little fragments and, and, uh, and it's, it's taken up by a type of cell called dendritic cells, which, is, um, which we call the antigen-presenting cells. So what they do is that, that, they, that they take up these fragments of the virus and then sort of alert um, uh, the part of our immune system called the, um, called the, called the adaptive immune system, uh, which are essentially um, consisted of these uh, uh, immune cells, such as something, something called T cells or B cells. So, so, so essentially, uh, now these, uh, these, these dendritic cells, they're like, they're like a trainer, you know, they, uh, um, they essentially educate um, our uh, T cells to, uh, or B cells to, um, to, uh, to recognize these fragments of a virus so that, so, that when the, so, so that if a person is exposed to the virus in the future, then the immune system can quickly recognize it and kill off the virus. So, 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 so that's, that's essentially the function of our uh, T cells. It's, um, it's a part of the immune system that's very specific, very good at recognizing, um, uh, you know, uh, threatening like uh, um, signals or um, dangers, you know, that can be, um, you know, that can rise from either virus or cancer. So they recognize things in your body that shouldn't be there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, T cells, are they the same as, as lymphocytes or different or, or connected in, in what way? Yeah, so so T cells is it's it's essentially lymphocytes. I mean, we use uh, either term interchangeably. Oh, okay, got it. So you so until you're taking well, you tell you, you describe this how. What do you do to the lymphocytes to make them more effective? Yes. Um. So so what happened is that uh um that. Um, that in cancer patients, you know, particularly melanoma patients, which is the type of patient that I, that I treat, um, you know, if you were to take out a piece of a tumor, you will you will see that oftentimes that they're infiltrated with the, with lots of immune cells, in this, you know, especially T cells. Um, but for some reason, uh, you know, some patients they are not they're not able to um, the tumor doesn't shrink, and I think part of it is because uh, within the tumor itself, um, there's a way for the cancer cells to shut off the immune system. Um, probably through a molecule called pd one So the idea with the with the with the tail therapy is that um, you know is to take out is to take these uh, these cancer fighting T cells away from the from the suppressive environment within the tumor, and so that um, so that we'll have an easier time of uh, of 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 growing growing them out in a, in a, in, a, in a laboratory. And the, and the good thing about these uh, you know about these um, T cells is that. The reason that they are there in the tumor to a tumor in the first place is because they recognize something, um, some signal from the tumor, and that, and that's why they are there. But for some reason, they are not able to kill off the tumor. So, uh, so by taking them out and growing them in the laboratory, maybe we can remove them from this suppressive environment and make them potent again. So, okay, let me make sure I understand this because this PDL one we've heard, I've heard this before. This is some sort of protein that it affixes itself to the outsides of the cancer cells and makes it so the T cells sort of glide by without thinking anything's wrong. And that's a lot of immunotherapy. 
is targeting PDL1 right now. That's like one of the main targets of immunotherapy. So you're doing the same thing for a, but you're actually taking the cells out of the cancer tumor. Yes. And those are the ones you send to the lab to genetically modify. Is that the correct? Um, so, so far, so, so, so this is different from the CAR T therapy. Um, so CAR T therapy is something that we use for the blood cancers, you know, like leukemia, like, right. you know, lymphomas, um, you know, for the, um, uh, um, so, 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 so CAR T is different from TIL because CAR T there, you know, these cells there, uh, these T cells are engineered to only target, uh, uh, to only hit the one target on the, on the, on the cancer cells. And I think in the case of CAR T, you know, the CD19 is, is a, is a very common target that's used for that. Um, with the, uh, with the, in the solid tumors, um, you know, oftentimes they don't, uh, they have multiple targets. They don't, they don't only have, you know, um, and they don't just have one target. They have multiple, um, sort of, uh, something called the antigens, you know, um, meaning that it's a, it's a fragments of a, of a, um, of a, of a tumor cells that's generated from their mutations. And, uh, so in a solid tumor, sometimes you can see like thousands of them. So, so, so in that setting, the CAR-T really doesn't work because CAR-T can only hit one target. Whereas in solid tumors, you have multiple targets. And so the advantage of a TIL therapy is that, um, you know, uh, is that the, the T cells that's infiltrating these tumors, they are responding to these multiple sort of uh, uh, signals from the tumor itself. You know, they're, they're trying to hit these multiple targets, but they're, they're, they're not able to do their job because of suppressed tumor microenvironment. So by taking them out and growing them in a laboratory, um, you know, um, that's, uh, that's one of the ways that we can, that we can make them, uh, do their, um, uh, do their job as a, um, as a cancer killer. Yeah. Now, if I understood you correctly, did you say grow them in the laboratory? Is that? Yes. So what, what does that mean? Grow them, like make them multiply more than they normally would or something different? Yes. Um, so, um, so oftentimes uh, when we take out these uh, tumor cells, uh, I mean, uh, the, the T cells from the tumor, the, the TILs, uh, we start out with maybe like a couple of millions of cells. And then, um, and then we put them through a, um, a, a special procedure called the rapid extension protocol. And, you know, we, I, I often abbreviate it as rep. Okay. And um, so, so, so basically in this protocol, um, now these cells that are growing in the laboratory, they're, they're exposed to very potent stimulus to make them grow and regain their function. And as a result, these cells, they can expand a uh, thousand fold to billions of cells. Wow, that, that's amazing. Now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Richard, you'll fill us in on what happens when you put these T cells back into the tumor. In today's world, misinformation abounds, but at the Ohio State Health and Discovery website, we're addressing today's most relevant health, wellness, science, and research topics, all from the Ohio State experts you can trust. We're tapping into physicians, scientists, and thought leaders across our medical center and health sciences colleges to give you the deeper story behind the headlines and the truth about the topics affecting the health of individuals, society, and the world. Visit health.osu.edu today. We're back with Dr. Richard Wu, and we're talking about tumor infiltrating lymphocytes or TIL, this amazing new process that Richard just described in which T cells are removed from inside a solid tumor. 
and then multiplied by 10, 100,000 fold in the lab and then injected back into the patient's, patient's tumor. And so what happens, Richard? First, how do you get them back directly into the tumor? And then what happens when all these lymphocytes or T cells, billions of them are there in the tumor? Yes. Um, so, so just uh, just to correct this a little bit. So, um, so what happened is that well, when these till products they are generated, uh, you know, they're like they're billions of cells, and um, so oftentimes they're um, um, you know, the product itself is going to appear uh, in IV infusion back. Um, so before we uh, you know infuse the, uh, these cells back to the patient, um, there's a procedure that would put them through is something called lymphodepletion. So what happened is that um, you know um, that. Um, dying, dying patients' bodies, they have uh, they have these multiple sort of uh, uh, immune cells that can that can potentially suppress its activity, and then and 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 they can also potentially compete with these uh, you know infused T cells. So um so it's important that we um that we do this procedure called lymphodepletion, where your patients are treated with about like five days of chemotherapy to help deplete out uh, these uh, suppressive cells and also to kind of uh, uh kind of to kind of reduce the the um the existing immune cells so that so, so the new cells have space to grow. Oh, uh, okay. Creating space for them. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And yeah. then what happens when they're, when they're back in, what do they do? Yes. Um, so then, so now after, uh, after, after the lymphodepletion depletion procedure, uh, which will be done in the inpatient setting, uh, that's when, um, uh, that's when the patient's body will be, uh, will be ready to receive uh, these, uh, you know, these manufactured uh, till products. Um, and that's essentially their own their own T cells that have been expended a thousand fold, um, and um, and and um, and people have shown that that they can specifically recognize and home into to to a tumor itself, and because they have been um, you know grown uh, in the uh, in the way that sort of maximizes their uh, their tumor killing potential, these cells are actually very different from the cells that were initially isolated from the tumor itself, and. Um, so after patients had, you know, uh, getting, uh, you know, after they get this infusion of the till cells, um, you know, we then give them something called a, uh, a cytokine, um, something called a growth factor um, uh, that sort of helps these cell grow. It's called IL-2, and uh, and these IL-2 will be able to uh, help sustain, um, uh, you know, these cells once they're infused back into the patients. And when they're infused back in, they recognize and kill cancer cells. And do they? continue to keep multiplying and growing. So you sort of have an, an a ongoing supply of these multiple great killing cells. Yes. Um, so I think this is where, um, you know, uh, this is where the, you know, this, this rather personalized nature of the therapies were coming into play. Um, so I think uh, in my experience of uh, having done research on these therapies, we know that, that every patient's uh, till product can be a bit different. Um, some patients uh, till can, uh, can last longer. And some patients till may not be able to last as long, and we also have reported that that the ability of these cells to persist after infusion, you know, strongly correlated with clinical response to these therapies. And right now, there's ongoing research effort to try to uh, discover uh, ways, you know, is there any signals on these T cells that we can manipulate to make them last longer? At what stage are you in this in the in the clinical trials and the the FDA approval process? So. Um, so the company that has um, pioneered uh, these till studies uh, is a company called Iovans, and uh, and I think they're they're really the um, the, the furthest ahead uh, in terms of development of, of this therapy. And uh, from what I heard is that that they have um, 
that they are waiting the FDA's uh, decision um, to approve these therapies for um, uh, for the patients that have that have previous for the melanoma patients that have previously failed um, the standard immune checkpoint therapy, such as like Keytruda or Opdivo, you know those, those therapies that were commonly used for melanoma, and um, and they have that they, they have presented data that 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 in these uh, that in these difficult to treat patients, you know that you know uh, if they are treated with the with the tail therapies, uh, sometimes we can salvage response in about a third of patients, which is uh, which is probably the best among all the therapies that's available right now in that setting. Okay, and about a third, because already an X percentage of patients have have responded well to the traditional immunotherapy, and for those who don't, another third are going to respond well to this. Yes, okay. and and I also want to highlight that for patients that uh, currently, you know, for patients that don't respond well to the standard immune checkpoint therapies like Keytruda or Opdivo, um, their prognosis generally is not good. So that's why you yeah. know, in that population, there's a need to uh, find new approach to treat these patients. Yeah. There would there would be very very limited options for them with till being the best one. It sounds like. Yeah, currently, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, are, have so if if this company is is seeking or close to FDA approval, then clinical trials have been held around the country and at the James. Yes, um, actually, um, uh, you know, uh, for the you know over the past day, uh, probably more than a decade or so, you know, it's really interesting to see how we, how this therapy was, uh, you know. Um, it was developed, uh, you know, and, and it was only done at the National Cancer Institute. And now over the, over a decade or so, it has spread pretty much, um, you know, throughout the world. Uh, you know, um, I have had colleagues at uh, Toronto that was, do, that was, you know, that have, that was, you know, that they were part of this uh, study as well. And, then, uh, and, and also colleagues that, you know, I'm my office cancer in Florida and, um, and a couple, you know, Stone Kettering and the Anderson. I mean, there's multiple places that have join this collaborative effort to make therapy, you know, to make these therapies a reality. And I think that's really what's really exciting about this, the scientific, uh, you know, community, you know, is that, you know, they're able to kind of come together and make these therapies, you know, um, uh, you know, um, a, a powerful options for, for patients in the future. Yeah. Now, to me, it's interesting because we've had a couple people come in, come on and talk about CAR T-cell, and that's for blood cancers, leukemia, lymphoma. And they've always talked about how, you know, the next step is to find a similar type of treatment for um, solid cancers, for mm -hmm. melanomas, lung cancer, head and neck cancer. This sounds like a tremendous possibility to be that solution equivalent to CAR T-cell, but for solid tumors. Yes, and that, exactly, yeah. And, and that you here at the James and other places are really leaders in this. Yes, uh, and also, you know, I want to just emphasize that that, uh, that I think this is only the tip of the iceberg. Um, so I, you know, I like to kind of call this tail therapy like, like a platform technology. You know, you know, it's, uh, I mean, we're still at the very beginning of the, of the tail therapy and there are still, um, you know, multiple ways that's that are being explored um, by the research scientists to to uh, to see how we can make this therapies you know even better than than it already is. You know? Yeah, that's what I wanted to to kind of end with. If you look ahead five, 10, 15 years from now, and that's is how long it takes to really perfect and and fully understand this these new mm -hmm. kind of treatments. What do you see? What types of cancers and and what types of responses do you think? can happen if things work, hopefully not going with the way you think they will. There's ongoing trial uh, in, um, you know, I think with cervical cancer, uh, in lung cancer, in hand and neck cancer. 
and um, and hopefully you know there'll be more studies exploring other solid tumors too. You know, I think I think efforts are very certainly very ongoing in that regard. And actually, one of our investigators here is involved in the TIL study for for the lung cancer. So um, you know you know you know so I think it's uh, you know I think it's uh, it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be very exciting the, the the next few years. You know when we to when we start to see more uh, readout from these uh, clinical trials um, of TIL therapies that's used in other uh, uh, cancer types. And also, you know, we're, um, um, you know, the, uh, I mean, we're also trying to explore new ways to make this therapy work better. I know that that Alvance, you know, has an ongoing study, uh, you know, to to, uh, to try to to uh, take out, you know, the PD1 molecules on these uh, TIL cells and see if they can work better, right? Um, you know, because right now, you know, we know that uh, that is um, uh, that the cancer cells, you know, they express this molecule called one which can shut up. You know these immune cells through a molecule called PD1. So what happens if we just remove the PD1 molecules on the on these T cells? Would they work work better? And um, so I think the um, the OSU is actually one of participating site for that study as well. And and we're definitely looking for patients, you know, to be um to be part of a you know a rather exciting study here. And um and uh, and for my clinical research effort, I'm also looking at the application of a of a of a TIL therapies at a, at an earlier stage of disease. So the rationale is that uh you know, for stage three patients, you know, before that, you know, before the disease gets to stage four, uh, can we give them the TIL therapies, which will potentially give them a, a much longer, like, uh, durable response. So essentially, they will just get treated one time, and then, and hopefully they can be cancer-free for a very long time, too. So these are some of the exciting, uh, you know, exciting directions that we're exploring. Yeah. What's it like to sort of be at the forefront of a new, whole new form of treatment and be able to have options for your patients that you wouldn't have had five, 10 years ago. I think it's, uh, that's really what I do. Uh, it's, you know, it's really what drives, drives me, uh, you know, in my daily work, uh, you know, is, you know, I mean, I've seen patients that, um, that don't, you know, that don't respond to the standard treatment options that we have right now. And, um, and I think seeing their suffering, you know, really kind of, um, you know, validates, you know, uh, my desire to, um, to come up with a new approach, right. You know, I think we should always be pushing the frontiers. We're never satisfied with the status quo, and then, and 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 I think that's what really, um, uh, you know, I I think I think patients, you know, they're really a part of what drives me to um to um um to dedicate myself to this kind of research effort. Yeah, yeah, and I think that as you started off telling us, it goes back to your own family experiences. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I think cancer is a ter- terrible disease. I mean, the hope is that maybe one day we can make this. Uh, uh, you know, a, a, a more manageable disease. Well, thank you for sharing this exciting till therapy and perhaps down the road, you'll come in and fill us in on the new advances. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me today. My pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.